You're listening to the Download Youth Ministry Podcast. Well, welcome everybody to a special edition of the Download Youth Ministry Podcast. We're glad to have you aboard today. This is a special edition of the show, not your typical fair with the four youth ministry hosts. But this is Josh Griffin, and today we're talking about the movie Unbroken Path to Redemption in theaters this week. And I have a special guest with me on the show. Luke Zamperini is here. Luke, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thanks for being on the show today. Now, we're really excited about this movie, and we've been talking about it. And I actually got to visit the set of the film as well when it came out here to California. And I, I think people need to know why they should go see this movie and more about it. But first of all, who are you and why are you on the podcast? <laughs> well, uh, my name is Luke Zamperini. I'm the son of Louis Zamperini, and I'm also an executive producer on the film Unbroken Path to Redemption. Amazing. And that film comes out September 14th. So whenever you're listening to this show, it is in theaters now. And uh, we would love for you to go see the film. And the film is all about a World War II hero and Olympian, uh, which is your father, right? Louis Zamperini. That's amazing. Yeah, that, that's right. My, my dad was a, he was a juvenile delinquent when he was a, a young man. Um, and the, his older brother and the chief of police in the town that he grew up in, Torrance, California, got together and tried to channel his defiant energy into sports. And so he, uh, he, <clears throat> he started running the, uh, the, uh, the, the mile. Uh, and uh, in high school, he set the, the, the record for the mile for high school in 1934. And he held that for uh, 19 years. Uh, he went on to, the, to go to the uh, Olympics in Berlin, Germany in 1936. Uh, the, the, this was the Olympics of Adolf Hitler and Jesse wow. Allen. Yeah. And, uh, he didn't, uh, he didn't medal, but he did seem to get into trouble while he was there because he scaled the, the, uh, Hitler's office building and uh, tore a Nazi swastika off the, off a flagpole there as a, you know, to, to keep it for a souvenir. And of course he got caught. <laughs> wow. Yeah, what a guy. Kind of, uh, I like him was, already. <laughs> Yes, and then so uh, when he came back from the Olympics, he went to the University of Southern California where he set the collegiate record for the mile at 4 minutes, 8 seconds, and held on to that for 14 years. Wow. Um, he would have been the first man to break the 4-minute mile, but uh, the World War II happened instead, so the, the 1940 Olympics were canceled. He became a bombardier uh, uh, and served in the Pacific Theater uh, against the Japanese Empire. And uh, after, you know, several um, bombing runs, he had, uh, he, he was, asked, oh, I'm sorry, he was, uh, his plane crashed at sea, and uh, he survived 47 days on a life raft, floating from the middle uh, Pacific near, wow. uh, near Hawaii, all the way into the Marshall Islands that were, that were um, under the, the domination of the Japanese Empire, where the 47 days he drafted 2,000 miles to the west, where the Japanese picked him up. And lo and behold, they followed American sports. They knew who they found in the, in the ocean. They recognized him no and way. tried to use him for propaganda purposes. And so he was put into a secret camp. Uh, that uh, and, and and hid away for about uh, 13 months uh, until the 
the War Department actually declared him dead, and then they produced him with a radio interview, uh, or actually a broadcast that he was able to make to his uh, so his parents to know he was alive. And then, of course, they wanted him to do more radio broadcasts, but with uh, uh, with propaganda pieces, and he refused to do that. And so they handed him over to a, a horrific, um, sadistic guard who beat him every day, trying to break him so that he would uh, do these these, uh, these propaganda broadcasts. And of course, he wow. could not be broken. Hence, the title of the book and the film <laughs> "Unbroken." Uh, so the the end of the war comes, and he comes home. And one thing he brought with him was uh, what today we know it as uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. And uh, so he had these horrific nightmares um, that were centered around being beaten by this, this one particular guard. Uh, and uh, he, he, you know, he would uh, wake up in a cold sweat after being beaten by this uh, guard uh, that, that was nicknamed Bird. Um, beating with a kendo stick, with his fists, uh, with a belt buckle. And these uh, nightmares would always end up with my dad trying to choke the life out of this guy, and he'd wake up in a cold sweat. And so these dreams stayed with him uh, for about four years after the war. Oh, I can imagine um, they would. My word. Oh, just, just terrible. And so one day in 1949, he found himself uh, wandering into the uh, a big revival tent in downtown Los Angeles. Actually, my mother conned him into going, <laughs> uh, where he heard Billy Graham uh, speaking. And this was this was Billy Graham's first big crusade that he became famous uh, for doing. And uh, so, you know, there was something he heard from Billy Graham that that, that turned him. And it, what it was was. Uh, uh, Billy was saying something to the to the effect that uh, when you get to the end of your rope and you have nowhere else to turn, that's when you turn to God to save you from whatever situation you're in. And this reminded him of a prayer that he had uttered uh, on the life raft, uh, wow. you know, where he hadn't had uh, any any water for about seven days, and he was praying for rain, <clears throat> and the rains came. And so when he heard this coming out of Billy's mouth, it reminded him of that prayer, and he just found himself going forward and accepting the Lord Jesus Christ as his Savior, and uh, he went home that night. It was the first night he hadn't had that nightmare in about in uh, about four or five years, Wow! and uh, he never had that nightmare again. His PTSD was gone in an instant. Wow. It was just miraculous. That is and of course miraculous. He, uh, wow. He ended up going back to Japan in 1950 and sought out his former prison guards and forgave them all face-to-face, and then came home and started a, uh, a nonprofit for at-risk youth called Victory Boys Camp, which our family today has rebranded the Louis Zamperini Youth Ministries and the Louis Zamperini Foundation, and we continue to take, uh, you know, to, to uh, share my dad's story with as many at-risk youth as we can find in the hopes that they would uh, also uh, come to faith in Jesus Christ. That is absolutely a stunning story. Thank you for even just telling us that today. That is ministering to people as they listen, I'm sure, even now. Now, the first Unbroken film, which is just titled Unbroken, uh, Angelina Jolie directed that, um, a very, very successful film. The Kind of the caption of the Unbroken Path to Redemption film is The Rest of the unbelievable true story. So why did this second half, um, why wasn't it included originally, and why is it so important that that story be told today? 
Uh, well, in filmmaking, uh, you only get so much time to tell the story. And, uh, you know, so that uh, a motion picture is, tells a story in three acts. Uh, my dad had a, at least a 10 or 12 act life. <laughs> yeah. So this was not enough time to tell the story completely. So a- Angelina uh, told the story from his, uh, his boyhood through his uh, survival at sea and the endurance in the prison camp. And that film ended when he came home. Of course, the, the climax to my dad's story is after he came home from the sure. war. Which is why we uh, we were able to tell it uh, again in Unbroken Path to Redemption. We pick up where Angelina left off when he comes home from the war, and we explore his post-traumatic stress disorder and his coming to faith in Billy Graham. And indeed, it is a very powerful film, uh, although it was made with about one tenth the budget of the original <laughs> film. Yeah, and uh, so. Which, which really speaks to the, the, the matter that the, the cast and crew uh, considered this a labor of love and gave it their all. And uh, you, you can really tell the difference when you see the film. You, you know that it's really, it's really a powerful film. Yeah, I was actually excited. I got to go on set. It was kind of a, a big secret thing around here for a while. I wasn't allowed to post pictures or anything like that. But it was a really amazing movie set up in Pomona. Um, and we were up there filming the the Los Angeles Crusade, the Billy Graham Crusade sequence. You were there as well, although I don't think we actually bumped yeah. into each other, which is unfortunate. But you were pretty busy, so that's okay. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> that that sequence. Now, when I was there, they were showing pictures of the actual crusade, and then I'm standing on the set, and it is a stunning recreation. Like it is a really powerful moment to be there. What's what struck you about that scene as you're sitting there? I had to be very surreal um, about the moment where you know faith and redemption kind of all swirl together. Uh, well, what was was striking to me is the fellow that we got to portray Billy Graham, and that was Billy Graham's own grandson, Will Graham. Yeah, um, that was awesome. Franklin Graham. And uh, I'll tell you, he looks like uh, the original, and he sounds like the original. <laughs> and it was really powerful. And uh, I was there the first night of that filming, uh, uh, and the on his very first take, it was so powerful that 250 extras were applauding after the, the director yelled cut. And uh, so, uh, you know, two days of filming, I'm sure that there had to have been an altar call by the last... Uh, <laughs> the last take, and because the gospel had been preached over and over and over again by Wolgram, who's a who's a great preacher, uh, you know, uh, by himself. So it was really to, to me that was a standout moment. Absolutely, no. I was I was there with my daughter, and we were supposed to leave. I don't know. It was like 10 p.m. or something. And we were just so drawn in by the whole experience. At midnight, I finally said, "Babe, I got to take you home." Yeah, <laughs> we're we got to be done. But this—it was just so striking to to know the story and be in that moment with even—I mean, obviously, it's a, a very, very true story. It's your story as his son, but to have the Grams there and that was that was terrific. I I saw the trailer for the film and just it just really is a beautiful. Beautiful recreation, and that moment, I think, is going to be the moment that stands out to everybody in the film. Um, you've, you've got to be really proud of your dad and this whole production, don't you think? Oh, yeah. Well, I've always been very proud of my dad. He was a wonderful father. Uh, 
you know, apart from his story of heroism, he was just a great dad. Yeah. And so, uh, you, you know, when you, when you add his experience to that, <clears throat> this is, we made a film, we actually made two films about a superhero, and it didn't involve the use of tights or capes. <laughs> I love it. Well, and I love that his, uh, his history continued then into youth ministry and Christian camping, and uh, obviously you were able to continue that legacy even to this day. That is a wonderful tribute to his life and his faith. Uh, you know, you're listening, the, the people listening, there's literally thousands of youth workers that listen to the show. If you had the, the ears of those individuals, which you do, um, as we kind of wrap things up today, what would you say to them? What would you say to the youth workers of, of the states and around the world that are listening to our podcast just as way of encouragement or thought as, as we wrap up? Well, I, I would excuse me. I would say this. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. What you do is incredibly important. The the are the, the teenagers today are the leaders of the world tomorrow, and uh, and spending the time to uh, encourage them to uh, have faith and to have hope in the future is very important. My, my dad's story does provide uh, hope for anybody who studies his life. They, they realize that if, that if he can get through what he got through, they can get through what they have to go through. And so uh, I would encourage all those youth workers, don't give up. Don't give in. There's a reason for everything. And to just keep uh, investing in uh, the, our future leaders by uh, introducing them to the great American values uh, uh, through stories of great American heroes like my father and to introduce them to the reality that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior and can change your lives. Amen. I love it. That is a good word. The movie is Unbroken, Path to Redemption in theater September 14th. And uh, there's resources on DownloadYouthMinistry.com. You can download a discussion guide to work through with your teenagers and your youth ministry. And you can also go to UnbrokenFilm.com for so many more resources and uh, get updates about the film and find a theater near you. Okay, Luke, I have one last question. Uh, Your Mm -hmm. father is a fast runner, one of the fastest that has ever lived. Um, I one time ran a 10-minute mile and felt very good about myself. <laughs> uh, how about you? Did, did the genetics get passed down to you? Are you a, a great athlete or, or former athlete like me? <laughs> um, well, no, I, I ran a, a five-minute mile once. Uh, but, uh, you know, when my dad was 94, I was finally able to keep up with him. And uh, he finally slowed down. But he was, he was a guy who never... Uh, never uh, knew how to quit. He just kept going, and uh, he ran his entire life. And as a matter of fact, when uh, he was 81, we made him stop skateboarding. Oh, no he was, way. Uh, you know, he'd taken a fall and broke his hip, and uh, he said, that's it, no more, no more <laughs> skateboarding. And, uh, but he stayed active his entire life. And he, the, the, the secret to my dad was that he, was, uh, he had a lust for life, and he had interest in many, many things. So uh, he loved uh, uh, surfing. He loved snow skiing. He loved, uh, 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 you know, running. He just and he loved people. He was very interested in everyone he ever met. So there was just a, uh, you know, when you get older in life, you need to not think about retirement as a as a 
as a means to sit on the couch and watch television, but as a means to pursue other interests in life. And that's why he lived to be 97 and a half years old. Wow, that, that is amazing. Well, we're thankful to stand shoulder to shoulder with you in youth ministry. And we're really excited to take our teenagers to go see this film. I was just looking on the Unbroken Film website earlier, and everybody and their mother is endorsing this film, is proud of this film. And it just feels like there's a lot of momentum heading into the release this week. And I just want to thank you for your time. I know you've been crisscrossing the country promoting the film and um, this story. And I just think there's a lot of themes in here that youth workers will be able to discuss and process with their teenagers and uh, your dad was a hero. And thank you for allowing us to, to hear and, and see his story. And uh, we'll go see the movie. Thank you so much for your time today. Okay, it's been my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.